This week's show is brought to you by MidwestMastermind.com. A one-day mastermind event being held on August 15th, the Midwest Mastermind will help entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and entrepreneurs alike experience firsthand the power of a real mastermind session. Every attendee will spend time in the hot seat where your biggest business challenges will be broken down and turned into actionable steps that will move you closer to your business goals. Don't miss out on your chance to join a limited number of attendees looking to find clarity, get focused, and grow their businesses online. Go to MidwestMastermind.com and reserve your spot today. We, as human beings, are sometimes our own worst enemies. We sometimes create things in our minds which can stop us achieving our full potential. We're talking changeability and mindfulness today. Are you ready? Let's go! Hey everybody, Ryan Roten here, and this is the Brand New You Podcast, where we explore how to use personal branding and social media to impact your career. No need to look any further, you found the podcast dedicated to helping you create a brand new you. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Brand New You Show. I'm Ryan, your host, and today we welcome to the show Catherine Bryant and Jillian Illman, the dynamic duo from BrilliantLivingHQ.com. At Brilliant Living HQ, Catherine and Jillian are dedicated to helping you take charge of your life, achieve your goals and aspirations, and live a life you love by helping you develop the habits and mindset for happiness and success. Their podcast, The Changeability Podcast, is a top-ranked podcast in iTunes for good reasons. Released each week, The Changeability Podcast contains discussions and interviews that look at practical mind management techniques, tactics, and tools, all of which are aimed at empowering and inspiring you to a happier, more successful life or business. Catherine and Julian, I have been admiring your work from across the pond for a while now, and it is my pleasure to welcome you to the brand new You Show. Oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> After that welcome, could we just finish there? Because I don't think we can really say anything more than that. It's just such a lovely welcome. All right, cut. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> See you all next week, and thank you for tuning in. <laughs> so we'll probably get into the story of how we all met uh, as we move through some of the questions. But I do think that what's interesting is since the time that we've met, we're all focused on essentially the same thing, which is you know helping people create a better version of themselves. Um, and you know, I'm doing it by tying personal branding, uh, to people's careers and you guys are doing it really at a more fundamental level, probably even the most basic and beginning level that more people need than anything else, which is helping people break down the mental barriers that can come from them trying to create a brand new versions of themselves, which I think is, is really, is really pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You're right. I mean, essentially we as human beings, are sometimes our own worst enemies. We sometimes create things in our minds which can stop us achieving our full potential. And so I think the Changeability podcast and indeed what we're doing at brilliantlivinghq.com is about managing your mind to help you make changes in your life. Yeah, absolutely. I have a lot of questions for you. In fact, I'll, I'll be honest, I think this was probably one of the harder podcast interviews for me to prepare for because there is literally so much I could ask you about. In fact, your your last podcast, The Benefits of Meditation, we could probably just do an interview completely on on that. <laughs> yeah, <indeed. laughs> 
right? But I tell you what, before we get started, I do have a question that I like to ask all of my guests. Uh, And considering you two are world travelers, this will be very interesting. But if you could holiday in only one place for the rest of your holidays, where would you go? Do you want to start? Oh, I'll go first. Are we allowed to just say a country? Sure. (laughs) Okay. Well, I would choose the United States of America because... I've been there a few times, probably, I don't know now, maybe six, six or seven times, but it's just such an amazing place, isn't it? And what a fantastic place to choose. You could spend your whole life just traveling around, looking at all the different places. I mean, you've got everything there. We were there a few weeks ago um, for New Media Expo, which was in uh, Las Vegas. And in one day, we went from, after that, we went traveling and we went to Death Valley. Mm-hmm. And we had a few days there, which was incredible. And in one day, we went from there to being in snow on mm. the Sonora Pass. It's just such an amazing country. Just the, the differences. And the uh, spaces are amazing, yeah, aren't they? For, for us, I mean, we live in England, which is, you know, we love, but it is just very different. So yeah, you could spend, I could spend every holiday there easily. And for me, I think I'd probably say, well, am I allowed to say the UK? Sure. (laughs) Sure. I mean, there are so many places which I've not visited in the UK. It has a great variety of landscape. And what I love about Britain is it's incredible sense of history, uh, which is evident in everywhere you look. So I would think I would probably say UK. If I wasn't to choose that, it probably might be New Zealand. Uh, okay. They talk about it as being UK in the 1950s, which I quite like. So not <laughs> not quite so busy as the UK. So I've, I've been there once uh, when my brother got married to a New Zealander. And so that would be somewhere I thought was very, very beautiful. Okay, cool. So when you go on your when you go on your holiday or your vacation, as we say here in the States, <laughs> yes. what uh, what book are you currently reading or which book would you take with you? Okay, the one that I'm reading at the moment is Hilary Mantel's Wolf Hall, which is, uh, if you don't know it, it's set in the time of Henry VIII and was named after the Seymour Seymour family. Jane Seymour was the wife of Henry VIII. And it's basically a book documenting the rise to power of Thomas Cromwell in the court of Henry VIII. So that's certainly the one I'm reading at the moment, but a, a book which I also find incredibly good, which I'd like to take, would be Mindfulness, Finding Peace in a Frantic World by Mark Williams and Danny Penman. Great practical book on mindfulness. Okay. Catherine, how about you? Right. Well, what I'm reading at the moment is a book called The Biology of Belief by Dr. Bruce Lipton. I don't know if you've read it, Ryan, but... I have not. It's it's a sort of fascinating book, really. And um, it's actually about a lot of the things that we talk about on changeability and that and that I wrote about in the book in my book. But it's sort of his story about how he started out, you know, in mainstream medicine and cell research and things like that, and, and how he's sort of moved away from that. And and really it's about how our beliefs can actually affect us at a biological level. And then the other one is the uh, the the Miracle Morning by Hala Elrod that I've just uh, that's just literally arrived and um, I haven't read it yet, but I, I I know the gist of it and I think it's going to suggest I get up early and get on and do. <laughs> yeah, I I did I have read that book. Um, you will like it. It's very closely aligned to a lot of the things maybe that we'll even talk about today. Right. Um, but we before we got on here, I told you that I I've been getting up at five o'clock in the morning. Yes, um, you do. Yeah, is well, that because of that? I'm going to blame it on that book. <gasps> I just 
don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it. What I've got, actually, can I ask you something? Sure. I know it's your podcast and you're interviewing us. What I don't quite get about this getting up early thing, and when we were in the States, we noticed people get up very early, I would say earlier than than generally in the UK, mm-hmm. is do you not go out at night? Do people not have a, a social life at night? Because how do you get enough hours sleeping? Catherine, well, I, I ought to add that Catherine tends to go to bed between about one and two. So I know, if she's I am a night five, She'd be having three hours sleep. If I were going to go on holiday, I would take the changeability book with me. Oh, bless you, Ryan. The right answer, Ryan Roten. <laughs> I got a few more questions before we dive in. Uh, This is going to be a pick one, and then I want you to tell me why. So I'm going to give you two choices. You tell me which one. Which do you think is a quieter place to be, Death Valley or Yosemite National Park? Oh, without a doubt, Death Death Valley. Valley. (laughs) Wow, that was incredible. I couldn't get over that. I I did do a little sort of video recording in the middle of Death Valley shortly before um, a Harley Davidson zoomed past, but (laughs) it was just, I stepped out and of the car and said to Catherine, wow, I can hear nothing. I can't hear birds. I can't hear anything. And I've never been to a place in the world which was so quiet. It was it's just almost spectacular. The, the quietness is almost dense. Yes, you said that, didn't you? You almost feel like it's coming Weighing in on, on you. you. In yeah, but, I, but it was amazing. Okay, next one. Which would you rather attend? And I might get you in trouble with this one, but I'm going to ask anyway. A one-day BB event or the Tropical Think Tank event? Oh, oh my good. Well, I would have to say Tropical Think Tank. Sorry, Pat. Yeah, but, sorry, Pat. But what would be even better is, you know, if it was Tropical Think Tank and Pat was there as well. Oh, there you go. <laughs> good answer. But, but you know, we've had recently come back from Tropical Think Tank and we have to say that Chris Ducker does do a fantastic job there with it and it's it's a different thing because one day a business breakthrough f- for us and that's where we met you isn't it right mm-hmm. i mean that is an in- that was an incredible event for us to go to i mean it helped us in a lot of ways yes. actually not least because of the people we met there and the inspiration we got from it so i think if you're looking for something like that a one day event then yes go definitely go and we were we were lucky enough to be at the very first one yes um but Tropical Think Tank is a, is of a different order because you're there for like four or five days, um, and, and you're in such close proximity with the yeah. with the speakers. With the you speakers know, and you're going out on a boat with them and having fun with them and and talking shop and not talking shop. It's just an amazing. And it's not experience. just about the speakers; it's about the other attendees because the yes. um, this year, and I believe that it's going to be the same next year, but. Um, you know, Chris is limiting it to about 50 people, which means it's small enough that you, over the course of five days, you get to pretty much talk to everybody. We don't want to give any more. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so, yeah. he, he doesn't need it. You know, he <laughs> yeah. certainly doesn't. Yeah. But if, if you were to ask us which one we prefer, I think we would both say that yeah, just because definitely. it's it's sort of a, of a different order, really. Okay. Well, I, I think you're safe. I'm pretty sure neither Pat nor Chris listened to my podcast, so I don't think you have to worry about offending them. <laughs> they made a terrible mistake there, then, Ryan. <laughs> well, I tell you, one of the things, that we, and we talked about this before I hit record, but one of the things for me, uh, which I think is a good lead-in to the rest of our discussion here for the one-day business breakthrough, 
it wasn't so much of a business breakthrough for me because when I think back, I, you know, I had no business. Um, in fact, I, I wondered a couple times what, you know, what business do I have even being here? <laughs> but, but for me, it was really more of a mindset change. And I had, yes. I had to make that leap in my mind. There was a switch that needed to come on. Um, and I'm not really sure that it was a switch for me. It was more like a dimmer, <laughs> but you know, but the dimmer, the dimmer switch did get pushed up after that day. And I made great people like yourselves, but more importantly for me is that dimmer switch moved up just enough that I thought, okay, I can, I can do this. I can change and I have the ability to do it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Is it sometimes about seeing a vision of possibilities when you go to an event like that? You're sort of seeing where other people are further along that line and you begin to see, okay, this is maybe something which yeah. I could do or I would want to do. I, I certainly think it does open your mind to that. And sometimes, you know, we live in smallish worlds sometimes. Right, right. Well, we're busy, aren't we? People yeah. are busy. They're focused on what they're doing. And when you go to something like that, it widens your horizons. Yes. And for many people, you know, the day-to-day -day reality of everydayness of life means that sometimes they don't have the chance to lift their head above the parapet and look around and see what might be the vision of possibilities. And, and events like that can give you that, can't they? Yeah. Let's, well, let's start talking about that. Catherine, you wrote a book called Changeability, Manage Your Mind, Change Your Life. Yes. Did you have the idea for that book when you went to the One Day Business Breakthrough? When I went to the business uh, One Day Business Breakthrough, I think what I had was the idea for it, but it wasn't yet realized. So what I mean by that is I, I knew that I wanted to do something that encompassed all these different techniques because that's basically what it is. It's, it's looking at different ways in which people can manage their minds to help them change or achieve what they want to achieve. But what I hadn't quite got to grips with at that time was putting them all together in a really coherent, logical framework, which is hopefully what I've done in the, in the book or, or what I tried to do in the book and showing how they can all build one on another. Not that you need to do them all, all the time, but how that they can all be valuable sort of tools in your, in your toolkit. So yeah, I, I had, I had the idea, but I hadn't actually articulated it properly at that point. Okay. I mean, I, I love the name of the book, but I'm curious where, where did the name come from? How did you come up with it? It actually took quite a long while to come up with the name. Um, I had, I don't know how many bits of paper all over the place with different variations on. And in the end, I think it was Julian who actually came up with it was. changeability. And as soon as he said it, I thought, yes, that is it. But I, I sort of ran it through past some other people as well. And it just actually happened that we were going to an event in London the next day, which funnily enough, we were uh, meeting Chris Ducker at, which was a UK podcasters event. And, um, and by the way, for anybody who's listening, we're not getting paid to talk about Chris. No, or we're not. Pat we're not. It just, that was just Christmas. I mean, he doesn't even live in England, Abby. No. He was over on a trip and, uh, and it was uh, it was a special get together. Yeah, but I think it's fair to say that the two of them have had a huge impact on us. So that's, yes, they have. that's yeah. why they come up in our conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, and, and so, you know, I'm like, wow, uh, Chris, I mean, his book was just had just come out Virtual recently. Virtual Freedom. Yeah, another good book. Time. 
And um, and I'm like, yeah, it's great, it's great. Now, what do you think about this for uh, my book? And he and he really liked changeability, and I, you know, I ran it past a few of the other people there, and and people seemed to really like it. And then it just took a while to come up with the subtitle, um, and then we were off really. So yeah, but once Julian had said it, I thought, yeah, that's it, and it it's actually worked really well. Yeah, it's I, like I said, it's it. I like just the fact that it it tells you what it's all about right there in the name. Yeah, it does. Um, and, and that's what, what we need, isn't it, yeah. these days? Yeah, absolutely. That's one word as well, I think, which is also important. Yeah. Right? I mean, obviously. <laughs> well, it's so, sort of a bit of a pun on it as well, isn't it? You know, yeah. It's a bit of a pun on changeable as well, you know? Yeah. Well, there's also a quote by Albert Einstein, the measure of intelligence is the ability to change. Exactly. And, you know, just take those two of the three words at the end and flip them and bam. You got you guys are as smart as Albert Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> a few episodes back on my podcast, I had uh, a gentleman, a career coach whose name is Richard Kirby. He came on and we talked about his book, which was Fast Track Your Career. And what was interesting or fascinating about his book to me is that it's a career book that teaches you how to just like it says, fast track your job search. But he started the book off with an entire chapter on attitude. Excellent. I'm curious, uh, how much of our ability to change starts with our attitude? I think it does start with our attitude because if you think about it right at the beginning, you have to believe that you have an ability to change. Then there are different tools and techniques that you can use to enhance that. And so I think you can even take one step further, Ryan, backwards yes, and say, what is it that gives you your attitude? What are your underlying beliefs and values which might give you that attitude? Yeah. Do people have limiting beliefs then that might be holding them back in their career? I, th- I think, I, I hope it's not an overstatement to say that everybody has limiting beliefs. Everybody. It's just that some people manage them better. So they have less of an effect. Now, obviously, people have different beliefs to different degrees, you know, there may be some very sort of what we might think of as well-rounded or well-balanced people who, you know, probably have had fairly nice upbringings and this sort of thing. But but everybody has certain fears, certain beliefs about themselves. You know, I would say that everybody has a fear of not being good enough at some point. Fear of failure. Fear of failure fear of not being worthy in some way. Now, I'm not saying that we all go around thinking these things all the time because thank goodness we don't, but often they're sort of hidden and it's only when you look back sometimes and think why you might not have done something that you wanted to do that you can then start to identify them. So what I'm saying is, yes, I think we do all have beliefs and habits that limit us, but they don't have to because there are things that we can do to overcome them. I'm not saying we ever totally get rid of them or ever totally get rid of our fears because part of that is just part of the human experience. But there are ways in which we can manage them so that they don't stop us doing the things that we want to do. And perhaps be more mindful of them as well. Yeah, exactly. As they they arise, you recognize them and you can then have 
techniques to dealing with them. Well, let, yeah. I mean, let's go ahead and talk about that just for a minute, because that, I think that's probably where I see a lot of people struggle is they they have a limiting belief, but they don't see it because it's so ingrained as you know, it's such a part of their subconscious mind that they just don't see it. What techniques or tips would you give to people to help them to begin to see those thoughts and, you know, kind of bring them to the forefront of their mind so that when they happen, they actually notice that it happens? Well, I think one of the things you can do, and you're absolutely right, obviously, a lot of the time we don't realize this because, you know, that's just the way we think. They're so ingrained yeah, in this often. Yeah, and that's they? the way we think. What I always say is that what you're trying to do is catch yourself out almost. Now, one way you can do that is by looking at what you would like, what you think you would like to have in your life or what you would like to change in your life. Say, for example, you want more money which a lot of people, you know, would like to have a bit more uh, financial security, say. You can start to think about the ways in which you might get more money. But what often happens with us is that we do have these beliefs around money. And sometimes they only come out when we start thinking about it. A lot of people may have thoughts that have come from their childhood about money being evil, about rich people being selfish or greedy. People and like me like can never get rich. Yeah, or just think that they're not that that sort of lifestyle isn't for them or whatever. And so a good way of doing it is look where you want to get to or what you think you'd like to get to. And then look at where you are now in relation to that goal or vision of the life you want. And where there's a big gap between it, you will find the beliefs and ways of thinking that are holding you back. Mm. Does well, that make sense? Have I explained that? <laughs> yeah, it, it does. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a limiting belief that I have, and then I want to talk a little bit more about it. And I have noticed there are times that are tougher than others to get motivated um, to you know, write that next blog post to schedule the next interview for a podcast, for example. And, and what I've seen is when that happens, my thought is, Ryan, it's because you're an employee, you're not an entrepreneur. Ah, uh, okay. And I struggle sometimes, like when those rough moments happen, I struggle sometimes because I continue to think of myself as an employee because that's all I've ever done. Right. And so, taking information from you, I think my subconscious mind is trying to keep me safe and keep me in the status yeah, quo. Exactly. Yes. What do I need to do? Like, what's something I can do today, for example, to start thinking of myself, not as an employee, but as an entrepreneur? Well, first of all, I would say that, you know, you've done the first step, actually. You've thought that you want to be an entrepreneur, or I'm assuming that's what you're saying. Correct. You've set a you, goal of that. You've set a goal of being an entrepreneur. Now, I, I don't know if your goal, Ryan, is to, to, be, is to continue having it as a side hustle or if eventually you want to make this your full-time you know, go into it full time or whatever. Yeah. And my goal is to be Chris Ducker. I've already got the hairstyle. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so, you know, you've done the first bit, you've, you've set your vision. Okay. And now you've realized that, um, one of the things holding you back is that you're not seeing yourself as an entrepreneur. That's effectively what it is. And that you think that that's due to some sort of limiting belief. Now, what I would su suggest you do is, first of all, look and say, well, is it true? This is, what I, this is the first thing to do. Is it actually true? Is it true that you're not an entrepreneur? Now, 
you are showing, I would suggest, Ryan, some very entrepreneurial uh, traits in how you're acting, aren't you? If you think about it, you you started your podcast. Mm -hmm. You've got other things going. You've got your blog. You've got a lot of a lot of stuff going on. So, uh, first of all, I would question. If I was you, I would say, well, actually, do you know what? I do actually have some entrepreneurial traits here that I can build on. So it's not actually true to say that I am not necessarily an entrepreneur. That's one way of, of sort of starting to look. And what you're trying to do is start chipping away at those limiting beliefs. You've got limiting beliefs maybe around being an employee and you may have limiting beliefs around uh, what it means to be an entrepreneur. And in a way, you're trying to get underneath those and to tease them out about what it is. Because, you know, like I say, it's scary. So, I mean, it would be abnormal if you didn't have any fear <laughs> or worries about leaving uh, mm -hmm. a, a safe sort of environment. Right. And like you say, your your subconscious is saying to you, come on now, this is lovely here, you know, we get the mortgages paid every month or whatever, you know, and if you leave this, how are you going to do it? How are you going to look after your family and all this sort of thing? So yeah, it comes back to sort of chipping away and just trying to identify the very specific beliefs that underpin whatever it is that, you, you know, that you're afraid of or that's stopping you doing it. I think also you'd say probably from your book that uh, some of this is also about goal setting as well. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's also in part about a preconception of what you consider to be an entrepreneur, isn't it? That, you know, you're either, you're either an entrepreneur or you're not an entrepreneur. And, and we're not necessarily that. We don't say when we're younger, oh, I tried walking once, I wasn't very good at it, so I'm nev never going to be any good at it. We're all on some sort of spectrum or some sort of continuum towards getting towards where we're hoping to do. And I think you'd probably identify that you would identify what your overall vision is, which may be about being a an entrepreneur, and then you would identify some of the milestones or steps along the way towards achieving that as well. And then you're moving along that path and perhaps gradually also over a period of time you would then begin to change your underlying beliefs yeah. in relation to I that. mean, you know, there are... There are, there are a couple more things. There are things you can do once you identify those uh, limiting beliefs. There are little tricks, you know, you can do, like I suggest, always writing them down, um, literally, physically tearing up your piece of paper with them on or burning it and things like that. Which symbolically just, removing They're, they're them sort of like little sim symbolic things you can do and that you may want to do several times. And then, of course, it's about inculcating positive or you know affirming beliefs that help you overcome the negative ones so that's where you things like affirmations come in and you can use techniques like visualization so that you can um, start to see yourself exhibiting the characteristics of of in your case maybe being an entrepreneur or, what, or whatever it is that somebody wants to achieve I would suggest that often it's not being an entrepreneur that's not really what you're after is it it's it's after the things that go with it isn't it it's after being able to help more people it's about having a certain lifestyle where you maybe have a lot of flexibility things it's not about being able to say I am an entrepreneur, is that? Mm -mm. No, you're right. I mean, it's for me, it's more about how can I help people avoid some of the things that I have gone through in the last 10 years from a career standpoint and get them prepared so that they don't have to go through the same things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's your sort of bigger vision. That's your why or your purpose, isn't it? 
you mentioned something at the end of your uh, answer there about affirmations. And as you get into the uh, book by Hal Elrod that we talked about earlier, The Miracle Morning, Hal talks a lot about affirmations. And I think that might be kind of a misunderstood thing. We'll call it a thing. But can you explain what what is an affirmation and what does it mean if you're practicing affirmations? An affirmation is a positive statement that affirms or makes firm or makes firm how you want to be. It's like a a little statement that you are going to say to yourself often to help you start to change the way that you think of yourself or your self-beliefs that we've been talking about so that gradually over time you can change your limiting beliefs into positive beliefs that are actually going to support the action that you then need to take to make the changes you want or achieve whatever it is you want to achieve. And there's some ways of um, creating those affirmations that seem to make them more effective. And this is because of the way our subconscious works. You know, It doesn't necessarily um, differentiate between the future and now. So it's good to sort of put them in the present tense as if, as if it is the case now, because what you're wanting is to act like that uh, and believe that that's the case right where you are today. Is it worth also putting in place that you see affirmation as a part of a wider spectrum of things? Because sometimes people are removed from where they want to get to. Quite a dis- There's a distance between where they are now and where yeah. they want to get to. In, in the mind, there is this sort of dissonance which occurs when they make a positive affirmation statement. And you've tried to put it into a more coherent framework. You know, some people say, oh, well, affirmations, they're just, it's just placebo and they, and they don't work and everything. Well, my answer to that is, well, if it's, it doesn't matter whether it's placebo or not. If, if, they, if, if it works, it works as far as I'm concerned. But also, um, I think there are so many people who use them and have used them over time now that I don't think it's right to say that they don't work because I think a lot of people actually know for themselves that they do. There's lots of different ways that you can actually use them. The main thing is to make sure they're positive so not negative. So it's not what you don't want, it's what you want. And to repeat them often throughout throughout your day, you can write them up places if you want to help you. You can make um, a recording of them and put it on your phone. You can buy them already pre-recorded for you if you like. There's so many different ways in which you can use it. Uh, so there are things like if you're trying to lose weight, you can put on your fridge, you can put a post-it with saying, you know, I am slim or whatever, or whatever it is that you, you want to do. But in your book, you would say that you, first of all, are identifying your underlying beliefs first. So you're beginning to recognize what some of those are before you then begin to put in these more positive ways of replacing those thoughts. Yes. Yeah. That it's not, they don't, they're not, well, I would suggest that it's a good idea if they're not just standalone. You're not just plucking them out of thin air. You've done this sort of thinking about what it is you actually want and what the beliefs are that might be holding you back. And then you're flipping those and making them positive. So, you know, if you've got something that you're fearful of or whatever, you flip it around and make it into a positive statement about yourself. I, I think I think where most people get hung up on affirmations is because you may remember there was a Saturday Night Live skit many years ago. Um, I forget who was in it. 
uh, I want to say Chris Farley, but he, but oh. I don't think that's right. He used to stand in front of the mirror and say, I am good enough and I can do this yeah. and people love me. And, you know, so people look at it that way and they kind of think of it as funny. But I remember distinctly growing up, my mom would tell me or my dad would tell me, don't, don't say that about yourself because if you say yes. it enough, you'll begin to believe it. And it will, yes. and when you believe yeah. it, it will become true. Yeah. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy a lot of the time. So I think that's so true because what we say to ourselves, we all have like an inner voice, don't we? We all have like this self-talk that yeah. goes on. I mean, often we don't really realize it, but it is happening. And often it's negative in its tone. And it could be because of things that people have said to us as we've been growing up or whatever. Or it could even be through things that are not even meant unkindly. But, you know, like when parents compare their children and they say one of them's good at this and one of them's better at that or whatever. And they, they might mean it in a nice way. But what you're hearing, <laughs> if you're the child who isn't the one who's particularly good at that, is that you're no good at it. Right. So, you know, all the time we're getting all this information coming into our minds and we just do tend to repeat it as we get older so the idea behind affirmations is that you start inputting positive beliefs because some people see the world as something of lack and some people see the world as an abundant place glasses half full or half empty huh? yes I was it say is about thing. that and i and i know that you know of course it's easy to poke fun at all these things isn't it i mean i think in in american beauty you know she stands at the mirror yes. going i'm good enough I'm good enough when before she goes out to sell the house or, or I will sell a house today and all this sort of thing. Yeah, of course, it is always easy to poke fun. But just because it's easy to poke fun at something doesn't mean that it doesn't actually work for people. Right, <laughs> right. We're, seeing this, we're seeing this a little bit with mindfulness at the moment. Last year, it was the really biggest thing ever. And this year, because perhaps they've spent a lot of time, column inches, talking about it in a positive way, we need to have somebody who gets slightly marks themselves off in a slightly different way. So they'll now go into the negative spin on it. So yeah. I, I don't think that necessarily means it isn't legitimate as a form of, right. of self-development or personal development. Well, well, there has to be something to it because there are a lot of wealthy people, some of which we know, who, who do it. Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. Yeah. exactly. And it's not just about wealth. I mean, it could this could be about anything. It could be right. about... You, you can do affirmations to, to, to help you have a more positive view about, about the world. You can do affirmations to help you lose weight or to become more fit or to find uh, a, a meaningful relationship with someone. I mean, you can just use them in so many different ways. And we started talking about entrepreneur versus employee, but this could be somebody who maybe is a marketing manager and they want to become, say, a product manager. I mean, there's, you know, there's a gap yeah. from where they are to where they want to yes. go and it, exactly. the same things apply regardless of how large that gap is correct absolutely and you can use them for general confidence building anything that you feel that you want to do you can use affirmations for and i think you'd probably say that affirmations are one tool of a toolkit yeah which starts with vision setting making goals looking at the milestones in between looking at the gaps looking at your underlying beliefs looking at affirming new beliefs visualizing where you want to go, looking at being more mindful. Those are a number of different techniques which you can use to try and overcome that. And that is one tool in your armory. Yeah. We've, we've set a vision. We've decided that I want, to, I want to be or go do something. We've identified yeah. as a part of our process, because we're, we're following the changeability book, <laughs> right? What, what our limiting beliefs are. 
Yeah. We, we now say, we now want to flip those around and we're going to start doing affirmations. How yeah. important then does, do goals become in reaching that vision? Goals are very important because without goals, you sort of haven't really got anything to aim for. Okay, you've got your overall vision, but that's what it is still, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a vision out there of the life you'd like to have or the job you'd like to have. But in order to actually then do something about it, I would say, in, in my view, that goals are very important uh, to actually break that down into what you can actually do to get you there. Now, of course, it's important to do all the mindset stuff. That's absolutely crucial. But your goals are part of that because the thing is, when you've set your goals, you have got something to work towards and you are setting your intention. And what you're doing with all these sort of mind techniques is you're setting your intention. And so, yeah, goals hugely important because it's only when you've got your goals actually that you can then go on to do your actions that are going to actually take you there. Yeah. Otherwise you just have this thing that you want to get to, but you have no, no means to get there. Exactly. It's just like a dream. Or at its worst, you can be aimless. And I think we can easily in life drift from one job to another or one circumstance to another without ever really having sat down and considered what we want to actually achieve in our lives and try and set about doing that. And often that's about fear as well. It is about fear, but also sometimes it's just people don't think about it. It, It's seriously, you know, because I don't know about you, Ryan, but in the various sort of jobs I've had throughout my life, I've noticed that um, some of the people who have really got on well Some of the people at the top, they have two things. One is they have a certain type of mindset, which is what we've sort of been talking about. But the other thing is they have an idea about what they want to achieve. You know, they've thought, right, I want to become a director. I want to be a director by whatever age or, or, I mean, obviously it depends on, on, on what industry you're talking about. But they've set their mind on something and they've gone for it. And I'm not saying that other people haven't also got visions or or goals, but I just have noticed that a lot of the successful people have used goal setting in their personal lives as well as in their business lives to actually get them to where they want to be. And by having identified what you want to achieve, you're perhaps more open when those opportunities are presenting themselves in your life as well. See, that's the other thing about that we do talk about in the book, about having goals, because it's this idea of setting the intention that I talked about. And when you do that, what you do is you're alerting your subconscious, actually, as well as your conscious mind, to look for the opportunities to help you fulfill your goals, your vision, the things that you're visualizing. And this is why it is important to have goals and to really think about what it is that you want. And, you know, some people say, be careful what you wish for, because actually there is a lot of truth in that. But I think you do have to have a good idea about what you want, then start thinking about how you're going to get that. Yeah, I think I think you you nailed it, actually. I mean, there's a there's a pervasive mindset, if you will, especially among Gen Xers that I've met where our baby boomer parents passed along this formula of success to us, which is get good grades, go to school, get a job and life you'll live life happily ever after. Yes. <laughs> and 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 so that mindset is really deeply ingrained in us and the world 
has changed right. so yeah. dramatically since, yeah. you know, that formula worked great for our baby boomer parents. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. for us, you know, we've, we still carry that mindset. A lot of us do. And so we see ourselves in a certain way and it takes a conscious effort to see ourselves as something more, to see ourselves as something better, um, and to, to be able to create a brand new version of ourselves if we choose to do so. Absolutely. And I mean, that's what effectively what we've done. And yeah, I'm sure a lot of our friends probably thought we were a bit mad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it is important but, to have a vision, but I think it's also important to recognize that any journey begins with the first step mm. and that if you are wishing to make changes in your life, have a view of where you'd like to go and begin to gradually take those consistent steps towards achieving those, whatever that aim is. I mean, I was made redundant from where I was working at a university but for me, in many ways, that was the catalyst. I was wanting change, but there was a security about receiving a certain amount of money per, per month. And once I was sort of liberated, if you like, by my institution for making me unemployed, which I'm right. eternally grateful for, <laughs> it, it, it opened up my mind to the vision of other things. There, there is a life. I think we sometimes sit in our boxes wherever we are and we think, can I do anything else other than this? Yes. And of course, all of us are capable of so much more than we ever believe. And sometimes it's circumstance which throws us this lifeline. But the online space does give us this opportunity to even put our foot in the water, to try that entrepreneurial spirit, for example, if, if that's what appeals to people. Some things can give you the opportunity when they happen like that, but also you still need to make a, they're the, like you say, they're the catalyst, but you still need to make a decision about what you're going to do with it. And you can look at it in a negative way, yes. or you can look at it in a positive way. For example, with you, Julian, you could have gone out and look for another similar job, yes, actually. Yes, yes. Um, because, and you probably could have got one. Fair. I mean, you certainly could have gone back to teaching if you'd wanted to. Yeah, which is what most people would do in that situation. Yes. And exactly. But you took it as, well, you know, I've been thinking that I would like to try something different and use my skills and talents in a different way. And then you saw that as the opportunity we to can't, take it. I'd say we can't always control what happens to us in life. Bad things can happen to us. And Bad will. things can happen to They'll good happen people. To everybody. But we can control in part how we respond to those things and we can frame the way in which we respond to those things. I saw that as an opportunity. Others might have seen it as a disaster. disaster. <laughs> I would argue most people might view that as a disaster. And then their first natural reaction would be to go back to the safe place that our mind wants us to go, which is to find that job in the similar area yes. or in the same industry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I want to start to kind of wrap things up here. I, I do have a question, um, Julian. You have a course on, yes. you, on Udemy. About yes. mindfulness and mindfulness has been, as we are kind of alluded to throughout this podcast, it's been in the news a lot. So what is your definition of mindfulness? Being aware of yourself in the present moment without judgment. We spend a huge amount of our time in our minds, either looking back to things which have occurred or looking forward to what we need to do. And mindfulness is about being more present in your life as it is at that very moment, the only moment we ever really know we have. Hmm. 
And one of the best ways to do that is through a very simple form of meditation, really. Yeah, which because is... Because that actually, you know, you provide the space for yourself to actually be present. One of the one of the early techniques in mindfulness is about awareness of your breath. And essentially what you do is you bring your mind to your breath. You find a quiet space and you bring your mind to your breath and you recognize that very, very quickly your mind jumps elsewhere from that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people think, I'm, I'm rubbish at meditation because my mind keeps going elsewhere. <laughs> but what actually is happening is you are at that moment being aware that your mind is jumping elsewhere. And that's a hugely liberating moment because it enables you then to look at your thoughts as just events. They're a little bit like clouds passing across the sky of your mind, if you like. Some are darker, some are lighter. But you have a toolkit, if you like, to recognize through your breath, oh, my thoughts are elsewhere. Oh, I need to bring them back to my breath. I'm not being present in my life at the moment. And we can spend huge amounts of our life being somewhere other than where we actually are. Oh, yeah. And I think it can also be extended from that. So, for example, we've often, I think, lost our ability to be connected with our bodies, for example. We don't necessarily recognize that our thoughts have um, effect on our body. So mindfulness can make you aware through doing simple things like a a simple body scan that maybe there's tension in certain parts of your body without really particularly passing judgment, but just being aware of those sensations. And I think it's very, very interesting. And at a later stage, you can then look at things like, for example, dealing with difficulties. If I introduce a difficulty into my mind consciously, what's the effect which it has on my mind and my body at that stage? And I think those are fascinating things for it to explore. Mm. Yeah, I, um, I I didn't say it earlier because I wanted to wait till now, but the, part of the reason I've realized this entrepreneur employee thing with myself is yes. because I'm going through your course. And so I've started to practice this. And you're right. I mean, as soon as you start to focus on your breath, it's amazing how thoughts kind of just come at you. And then then you have to consciously go, okay, no, push that away. I don't want to think about you right now. And it's very difficult to just be still. Yes, it is. But that is the process. It's a sort of deceptively simple process. You think, well, anybody can just bring your awareness to your breath. But it is incredible how our mind flits elsewhere. And gradually, by reintroducing the breath over a repeated amount of time, you begin to reach a slightly stiller state. And I think that's a very valuable state to, to, to achieve. I, I have found it very useful so far to help me just be still and silent. And then what I find is when I'm done, things like my vision for the week, if you will, or my goals for the week start to come to mind first. Yes. And you know, it helps give me clarity and focus on what I'm going to work on. And those, those days when, it, when the mindfulness practice really works, Yes. Those are some of the most productive weeks that I have. I've often found this with poetry, that sometimes your mind can sort of work on it in the background. And sometimes I think through a a state of mindfulness, you can gradually work through some of these things and they then begin to spring up afterwards. For those who are interested, they want to learn more about the podcast, um, the courses that you offer through your site, Brilliant Living HQ, they they want to buy the Changeability book or uh, get a hold of Jillian's Udemy course. 
What yes. is the best way for folks listening today to uh, get in touch with you and learn about all those, all your great offerings? Well, there's there's two places. One is if you want to buy uh, the book, which is called Changeability, Manage Your Mind, Change Your Life. That's available from Amazon as a paperback or as a Kindle version. And by the way, you don't have to have a Kindle to get the Kindle version. You can just get the Kindle app. For everything else, our website is the best place to start, I think, which is brilliancelivinghq.com. There you can find links to the uh, products we do and also Julian's course and everything else that's going on. And the podcast, obviously you can find the podcast, which is called the Changeability Podcast on iTunes. We're also on Stitcher for people who like to use that. And we're also on TuneIn. Yeah, your po- I got to say your podcast is really good. You guys do a great job with editing. I can tell you put a lot of time into it and it's it, oh, it's really you. fantastic. Oh, thank you very much. That's that great. means a lot, actually. Thank you. That's really kind. Yeah, and obviously we're on all the normal social media stuff, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, and all that. But you, you can find us all through the uh, website. We also actually do have a Facebook group for anybody who is interested in talking about some of these things. It's called the Changeability Facebook group. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash changeability. Yeah. It's a closed group, but anybody can join. So any any final thoughts uh, or tips, tactics? I know you guys are all about tips, tactics, and tools to help people um, with their own changeability process. Anything you'd like to pass along to the listeners today? I would say the very first place to start, you know, if this is sort of quite new to you or you're, or you're just thinking about it, is to actually sit down and think about what it is you want. What does your perfect life look like? What does your perfect day look like if you could do what you want? Start there because so many people don't that, you know, we just all busy and we're just living our lives without necessarily thinking about what we want. And I think that is the first step. And then the second step, I would say, is to come to our we- <laughs> come to our website and we have something called the Changeability Starter Kit, uh, which you can download for yourself. And that will get you thinking about some of these things as well that we've talked about today. And certainly the first uh, five episodes of the Changeability podcast at least give an overview of some of the stuff which we talked at in a little bit more detail. So you might want to check out those first episodes. Yeah, and they're going to love the uh, library analogy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm not going to – I I debated talking about it today, but I wanted to leave yeah. that as a teaser because you guys did a great job with that. It's fantastic. Oh, 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 bless. Well, I think one of the – no, I'm not going to – yeah, let, yeah, let's, no, let's let somebody go check it out. That would be lovely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Catherine and Julian, it's been awesome just reconnecting with you two and having you on today. You've shared a lot of great information, and I just want to say thank you, not just for being on the podcast today, but for everything that you're doing because – it's so important in everybody's hectic and busy lives today to take some time for themselves and figure out what they want to do with their lives and their careers. And you guys are helping countless numbers of people do that every day. So thank you. Oh, bless you, Life Ryan. isn't thank a dress you. rehearsal, is it? Wow. What great insights and information from Catherine and Julian. I think this whole episode can be summed up by asking ourselves this one question. Are you your own worst enemy? Is it possible that your thoughts, instead of someone else higher up in the corporate ladder, might actually be what's holding you back in your career? Albert Einstein once said, the measure of intelligence is the ability to change. Catherine's book, Changeability, is all about our ability to change. 
If you think about it, our success in life, in business, and in our careers comes down to our changeability. The ability to change our attitudes, the ability to change our mindset. We may not like to admit it, but we all have limiting beliefs. Digging deep and discovering those limiting beliefs is the first step to overcoming them. However, to become mindful of those beliefs, we first need to understand our vision. What is your vision? Do you have one? Like Catherine said, one of the key things that she has noticed with people who are successful at their work is their mindset, and they have a vision of what they want to achieve. Do you know people like that at work? People who appear to be singularly focused on one goal, one position. Believe it or not, those people aren't crazy. They simply know what they want, they've set their mind on it, and they've plotted a course to get there. Do you identify with these folks? Or are you more like most people who go through life without a vision of what you want to become? If so, that's okay. Do you know why? Because guess who controls your vision? That's right, you do. And the great thing about this is that because you control it, you can also change it. This won't happen, however, without a conscious effort on your part. You need to take some time for yourself, which could start with something as simple as being silent. Try it out. Make some quiet time for yourself today and think about the possibilities. Think about where you are now and where you want to go. Now, if you're already thinking, Ryan, I don't have any time to be silent, well, guess what? Congratulations. You've just discovered a limiting belief. We all have the same 164 hours in a week. I don't get any more time to think than you do, which is why I said you need to make some time for yourself today. Ask yourself, what do you really want out of life? your business, your career. Once you know what you want, once you have that vision, you can begin to set your goals and start moving towards them. Now I admit, this is not an easy process to do. Why? Because too often you become overwhelmed with everything that is going on in your life that you forget about the one person who can have the most impact on it. That person, of course, is you. This is exactly what the phrase seeing the forest through the trees means. The trees that you see are from the daily grind that's going on all around you. And if you focus just on those trees, you won't see the forest. And therefore, you won't be able to create a vision for yourself. As Catherine said, a vision without goals is essentially a dream. And if you want to take control of your life, you need to set your vision, establish your goals, and determine your next steps so you can start marching forward. As Julian explained, taking that first step can be the hardest part. If you feel like you need help taking that first step, you should check out MidwestMastermind.com. With a little help from my mastermind friends, on Saturday, August 15th, I'll be co-hosting a one-day mastermind event. This event is designed to help you gain focus, get clarity, and take that first step towards growing your business and your brand. As an attendee, you'll experience firsthand what a real mastermind session is like, and you'll walk away with actionable tips to help you take that first step towards your vision. If this is something that interests you, head on over to MidwestMastermind.com and reserve your spot today, because all of us are capable of so much more in our lives. Unfortunately, not all of us will realize our full potential. What is it that you're wishing for? Take the time to figure it out, and more importantly, figure out what you need to do to turn your wish into a vision, into a goal, and into a reality. You can do this. Say it out loud and say it often. You can become a brand new you if you put your mind and your feet to it. 
As you go about the rest of your day today, I want you to keep this common phrase in mind that I'm going to change just slightly. Be mindful of what you wish for, because you just might get it. Catherine and Julian, thank you for being on the show today. And as always to you, the loyal listener, thank you for tuning in. I'm forever honored that you choose to spend some of your time each week with me. This podcast is one of my ways to give back to you what I'm learning on the path to my vision, which is, of course, to provide you with the tools and tips that you need to become a brand new you. So until next week, be mindful of your thoughts, consider your vision, and start calling out and blocking your limiting beliefs. Affirm in yourself the belief that you can become a brand new you. That's it for today. I've been Ryan, and I'm out.